We're here on a Tuesday, the last day of American civilization. Maybe, maybe. We'll give you the update on what's going on for Super Tuesday. I'll talk about a voicemail that I received from a delightful individual who supports Donald Trump. And we'll talk a little bit about the Oscars, things I like, things I, you know, it'll be a show. We'll do stuff that's show-like on this particular show. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We tend to demonize people who don't care about your feelings. All right, so in today's reminder that Donald Trump is a giant liar and that you shouldn't believe anything that he says, Donald Trump was on the TVs yesterday, and Donald Trump was explaining that when it comes to immigration, when it comes to his strongest, most deeply held convictions about immigration that he decided seven months ago, when, he, when it comes to these particular decisions, he is an unshakable rock. He is someone that you should totally believe in. He's some, when he says he's going to build a wall and make Mexico pay for it, He's not just going to build a wall. It will be big. It will be magnificent. Every time he's insulted, it will raise 10 feet to the point where eventually there will be so many insults that the wall between the United States and Mexico will actually extend into space and the orbiting satellites will hit it and they'll have to reprogram in order to avoid the wall Donald Trump is going to build. Then he was asked, well, how much do you really mean this whole immigration wall thing? And how much do you mean this whole we're going to deport everybody thing? And here's Donald Trump explaining just how much he, he, he believes this. Over. The New York Times is claiming today that they had an off-the-record conversation with you in January. Off-the-record, by the way. Now yeah. they're leaking it. Yeah, of course. Typical media. No, no. The and most dishonest media group is also failing. I call it the failing New York Times. It is doing so badly, it's dying. But I did. They had a, we had a board meeting. It was off the record. All of a right. sudden, they leak. It's all over the place. They said, oh, you're that you're, it's negotiable on the wall. Everything. By the way, it is negotiable. Things are negotiable. I'll be honest with you. You know, I'll make yeah. the wall two feet shorter or something. <laughs> I mean, everything's negotiable. It's not negotiable about building it. I actually said, I, no, building it, not negotiable. It's not negotiable about, what, would it be negotiable about the 11 million? Maybe let some people stay if they register in a period of time? I would say this. Look, I've always said, we have some good people over here, and they're going to go out. But we will work out some system that's fair, but we either have a country or we don't. We need a border. We need a wall. We need a wall. You know, I won New Hampshire, and they have a tremendous heroin problem. And I promise the people of New Hampshire, we're going to stop that heroin from coming in. It's a very hard thing to kick, and they have tremendous... We're going to work on the people that have the habit already, and we're going to try and get them better. We got to try and get them better. They have tremendous bad. Of all the places, New Hampshire, it's like the first question I get all the time, the heroin problem, comes right over the southern border. Not going to happen anymore. It's not going to happen anymore. But there's always going to be some negotiation. I mean, whether the wall is 50 feet tall or 40 feet tall. And one of the things one of the reporters said to me, they said, well, what happens? You know, Vincente Fox made this statement. How do you respond? Because it was an arrogant, terrible, horrible statement. And I said, here's how I respond. The wall just got 10 feet higher. And I meant it. So he knows where his, his cheer lines are. He knows there's a crowd right there. So he uses the, the wall got 10 feet higher. But this is all distraction from the main message of what he's saying. Everything is negotiable. And he says that building the wall is not negotiable. But if everything is negotiable, then building the wall is certainly negotiable. So this is the one principle that his entire life, he's, he, everything that he believes has been boiled down to this one principle on which he is unshakable and immovable. And that is that there will be a wall built. But this is the guy who says everything is He's going to make great deals. Listen, if you want to believe this guy, if you have a desperate need, a desperate desire to believe Donald Trump, go for it. Knock yourself out. But understand that the level of idolatry that is now being attracted to people like Donald Trump and to Trump personally is really reminiscent of the Obama cult following that was built up in 2008 and that continues to this day. If you cross Obama, you've violated the, the sanctity of the idol and you must be excised. And, 
And Trump's people are, are like this. Trump's people are certainly like this. It's really kind of gross. So to just give you an example, yeah, this morning, one of our advertising guys from the, I, I, I do this show, and then before I do the show, I do a group show, a three-person show in the mornings on KRLA 870 in Los Angeles and KTIE 590 in the Inland Empire, and you can listen to it online. And one of the salespeople pops his head in right after the show, and he says, do you ever check the show voicemail? I go, no, why would I? He said, well, there was one that came in for you. I emailed it to you. And here is what this voice message sounded like. And this is why when I say that there is an idolatrous worship of Donald Trump that frightens me, that makes me upset, that concerns me a little bit, that's because I don't think every Trump supporter is like this. I, I think most Trump supporters are not like this. I think most Trump supporters are good-hearted people who are just angry at the situation and for whatever reason think he'll be the biggest change or whatever. I think they're wrong. That's okay. But there is a significant percentage of Donald Trump support that is legitimate, idolatrous nutjobs. And I say that with, with full understanding that I'm going to tick people off, but I don't care because this is what it sounds like. Here, here's what the voicemail sounded like this morning. Yeah, give this f***ing message to your little butt over there, Ben Shapiro, a.k.a. used to be a conservative. I guess all you motherfuckers used to be conservatives, huh? I mean, every last one of you motherfuckers is trying to turn on Trump. The motherfucker that's going to save your punk motherfucking asses from this f***ing damn invasion. And you want to turn on him? Well, you know what? The country's going to turn on you, and we're going to come crawling out of the woodworks, all those crazy Trumpsters, and we're going to f***ing drag you to f***ing hell, motherfuckers. He did, in fact, leave his phone number, by the way, so he's a genius, obviously. Um, and uh, and I'm sure that uh, if he continues to make threats like that, then there will be people in uniforms knocking at his door, because those are not threats that you make in a civilized society. But in any case... It's this sort of idolatrous worship of Trump that allows Trump to get away with pretty much anything, pretty much anything, and, and is frightening for conservatives who don't worship people. I've said, I would vote for Ted Cruz if I were voting today. I'm not. If I were, I would vote for Ted Cruz. Does that mean that I won't criticize Cruz? No, I've said that I think Cruz is, in many ways, not a good candidate. Does it mean I won't criticize Marco Rubio? No, I've said that Marco Rubio looked weak. Now he looks a little stronger. But I've bashed pretty much everybody in the race. I don't have idolatrous worship for candidates, and it is not a conservative attribute to do so. I don't like it when people idolize Ronald Reagan. He did stuff that was wrong. I don't like when people idolize George W. Bush. It is not a conservative attribute to worship politicians. You're supposed to believe in conservatism, not in human beings. And if people don't hold up to the standard, you call them out for it. Trump doesn't hold up to the standard, but his people are not calling him out for it. Trump last night is on Fox News, and, and he because he knows that he can do anything he wants, he says anything he wants. Here's Donald Trump on Fox News smashing the other Fox News hosts. Now, what was interesting, because I am not a fan of Karl Rove. I think he's terrible. And no matter what I do, if I win New Hampshire by a landslide, I win Nevada by a landslide. We killed everybody, as you know, including we won the evangelicals, everything uh, in South Carolina. It was so incredible. And I'm watching this guy. It's almost like, in fact, I jokingly called. I called up a friend of yours at Fox. I said, gee, I've been watching Fox. Do you think I won? I won by a landslide. <laughs> Okay, but Carl Rove the other you night. You obviously weren't watching watch my show. No, no, I know. Your, your show is great. Yeah. But I called up Carl Rove the other night, yeah. you know, just a friend. And I'm watching Carl Rove, and he says, Donald Trump needs 300 points. And I said, that sounds reasonable. Then a friend of mine said, it's impossible to get 300 <laughs> points. So here's what's going to happen. If I get 240 or 250 or 260, which everybody would be thrilled at, he'll say, 
Donald Trump had a bad night because somebody said it's impossible to get 300. So, look, you get some bad people in Fox. You get some great people, too, but you get some bad people. And you're going to have... Wait a minute. In and, all fairness, you have you ever watched MSNBC? They suck. I, I, I mean, they're really bad. But they do treat me well. And, and I have to tell you, I have great respect for Fox. I know you And do. you and O'Reilly, although Greta. it's be a little bit rough, and yeah. Greta, yeah. and so many Neil others. Neil Cavuto, Fox and Friends. Seeds, Fox and Friends, the whole Brian. But I will well, tell let you. Let me ask you this question. No, no, I will tell you, you have a couple of people that shouldn't be on. Stephen Hayes should not be on the show, so he shouldn't be on. He's so biased. Uh, Carl Rove, he still thinks Romney won. Do you remember after the election? <laughs> Romney won, Romney won. They had to pull him off the air. The, the election ended about four hours ago. I'm telling you, Romney won. He shouldn't be on the air. Okay, he shouldn't be on the air. Stephen Hayes shouldn't be. Look, and I, I think Carl Rove is a joke as well, but the idea that Donald Trump is now going to be the great arbiter of who goes on the air and who doesn't, and the only people who deserve to be on the air are people who fully agree with Donald Trump, it's ridiculous, but he's able to get away with it. And people are excusing his behavior. And his behavior, I mean, as we talked about yesterday with the, with the refusal to disavow David Duke and the KKK on national TV, he did it the next day when there was blowback, of course, because this is what he does. He says insane things, and then when there's blowback, he attempts to walk it back and pretend that his earpiece was malfunctioning or some other such nonsense. He gets defended anyway. He gets defended anyway because people are so invested in institutions that they are willing to overlook the nasty and evil things that individuals do. So here's a bunch of Fox News hosts last night on The Five defending Donald Trump over the KKK controversy. I think the earpiece must have been made in China. It was a lousy earpiece, bad earpiece. A few things here, though. Hillary Clinton actively sought out the endorsement of Democratic KKK Senator Robert Byrd. Donald Trump didn't seek out any endorsement. He disavowed it. That's one. Also, Barack Obama sat in racist Reverend Wright's church pews for 20 years, never even disavowed it. And then all of a sudden, Trump, I don't think he sat in David Duke's pews. Third thing. I remember when the new Black Panther Party endorsed Obama in 2008, but I don't remember Meet yeah. the Press saying, well, do you disavow this? You know, whenever it's a whack job, racist Republican being endorsed or doing the endorsing, yeah, and, the media and, wants to and, smear and them, the but they way, bury it on the left. Can I throw this in here also, Danny, weigh in on this? But CNN, they, they kept going after it. They kept going after it. The guy mm -hmm. said, look, I disavowed it already. Can we move on? You know what it Does is? Anyone, is it, did CNN hold anyone else to that You standard? know what? Struggling. Struggling. This is CNN trying to be in the top spot. They're not going to get there. They're trying to make something out of nothing to like tag this along in the news cycle so there's more focus on them. It's very transparent. It's very obvious. It's not working either. Well, one thing I think that with this momentum or the movement comes an awesome responsibility and an opportunity for somebody like Donald Trump. So, so he disavowed David Duke before. One of the things that helped uh, errat not eradicate but to uh, denounce the KKK was ridicule. Uh, and that really came from popular culture. And Donald Trump is in a perfect position now, if he chose, to further ridicule them and snuff out the hate. And I, he has an opportunity to do that. He will no doubt be asked this again, maybe not here, but other places. And let's not kid ourselves that in the general election, would this be an issue that the Democrats are going to push and push on? Yes, it might not be fair to what the points that you just made, but let's not kid ourselves, that is coming. Final okay. thought on this before well, we Well, you know, I just, Senator Byrd was in the United States Senate and long ago stopped being involved with the KKK. He was a wizard, right? Oh, or was please, he a dragon? Yeah, no, he was, was a member. He was a member. Long ago, he was this some is back in the 30s, something. and we're talking about something far further. And you know, this yeah. idea of the New Black Panther Party, yeah. my God, and let me get the New Black Panther Party is, is intimidating 
scaring people, setting houses on fire? Like no, the they're KKK? intimidating people Get at the voting no, booth. Okay, okay, so let me pause it here. Bottom line is that Juan Williams, <laughs> he starts off there, and what, what he actually says at the beginning there is correct, that, that Byrd had denounced the KKK by a certain point. That doesn't mean that you get a, a free pass on that. Here's the part of this that, that's really astounding. I agree. There's a massive double standard in the media. I said it yesterday. Barack Obama was backed by all sorts of evil, terrible groups, and he was never asked about it. That still doesn't explain why Donald Trump did not denounce the KKK and David Duke when given the opportunity repeatedly to do so by Jake Tapper on national TV on a highly watched Sunday show. Doesn't explain it. Doesn't explain it at all. And all these Fox News hosts are here trying to, de- trying to spin it, trying to defend him. Dana Perino gets it basically right. She's going to be asked about this. You better have a better answer than what he gave his bad earpiece or whatever. But everybody is so interested in redirecting away from Trump that sometimes Trump can be wrong. Sometimes Trump can say bad, nasty, terrible things. And by the way, when he says bad, nasty, and terrible things, it actually means something. It actually has an impact. Megyn Kelly did a much better job of this last night. She had on Mike Huckabee. And Huckabee, who's just a disappointment in every possible way. Mike Huckabee was supposed to be you know, the voice of a lot of religious conservatives, and he jumped aboard the bandwagon of an adulterer, of an adulterous strip club-owning sack of lying debris who says that women should be treated like bleep. Mike Huckabee jumped on that bandwagon, and now he's out there defending Donald Trump, mainly because he hates Ted Cruz a lot, a lot, a lot, because of some behind-the-scenes maneuvering. Here's Megyn Kelly holding Huckabee's feet to the fire, doing a much better job than Eric Bowling just did right there, or Jesse Waters, who's the other guy there, uh, or I think it was Kimberly Guilfoyle. Here is, here's Megyn Kelly. What do you make of that? Let's start with Mitt Romney's response. This is coddling of bigotry and disqualifying for Donald Trump. I'm amazed that Mitt would say that. I mean, Donald Trump has repeatedly disavowed David Duke, disavowed the Klan. I don't think anybody has suggested that Donald Trump. Well, he did it in his Twitter account. He did it on Friday. He did it today repeatedly. Well, both. And I don't know of anybody who has ever suggested that Donald Trump is a racist. I'm not speaking as somebody who's out there advocating for Trump. I just want to say that I, I just don't think that. Uh, Donald Trump has given any indication that he's supportive of the Ku Klux Klan. My no, gosh, none except in that interview is what his critics say. None except in that interview is what his critics say because it was so strange that he would say on Friday, "I disavow David Duke," and then when specifically asked on Sunday, act like he didn't know who David Duke was. Yeah, you know, I can't answer that. You know, I, I really can't. You'll have to ask Donald Trump because I haven't talked to him about it. But How the do fact you explain is, that? I mean, the, I, the, what his critics say is the explanation is he heard very well, and he was trying to give some sort of a dog well, whistle his critics to say people he heard in very the well, South but who Megan, don't want to hear David Duke disavowed. That's what Mitt Romney's suggesting right there. Sure, Mitt Romney wasn't on the earpiece. Neither was Marco Rubio or Ted Cruz, but, but and Trump I wasn't heard, either. Trump so heard I don't David know Duke what he in heard. that earpiece. You know that because he repeated back David Duke to Jake Tapper. Yeah, look, here's the one thing I think is important. Is Donald Trump a racist? I don't think he is. Does Donald Trump support the KKK? Heavens no. I don't think anybody seriously is yeah, suggesting such weak nonsense that he has given a wink and, and, good, a, wink and a nod. And, and good for Megyn Kelly for, for holding his feet to the fire here. Rush Limbaugh got this exactly right. So Rush on the air yesterday, he was talking about why Trump didn't disavow the KKK and David Duke on the Sunday shows. And here's what Rush Limbaugh had to say, and he is totally and completely correct on this. Here's Rush. But there has to be a reason that Trump, on the actual show with Jake Tapper, hems and haws and acts like he doesn't know who Duke is and the Klan and uh, 
Well, you need, I have an, I need to investigate. I never heard of the group. You need to send me a list and check. Okay, I'll send you the list, but I'm just talking about David Duke and the Ku Klux Klan. Well, you know, there's a lot of different people in these groups, and I got to research it. I got let me, let me throw a theory out there to you. The Sunday shows have amazingly still their own separate and distinct stature. What is said on a Sunday show is treated differently and may be different in terms of its weight than what is said in a little soundbite that's part of the nightly news, for example. Or part of a guest appearance on a cable news show during the evening. The Sunday show, that's stature by reputation. The Sunday show is serious, no fooling around. That's, that's, this is, it's like for the record, what you say on the Sunday show. And it could well be that Trump thinks of it that way and just didn't want the quote, did not want any soundbite from the Sunday show one way or the other because maybe Trump's nervous. Maybe he's nervous after that debate. Maybe he's worried, and the polls don't indicate it. Maybe he's worried that Cruz and Rubio are gaining on him, and he doesn't want to tick off anybody that might vote for him. And there you have it, and that's exactly right. The reason that Trump didn't do this is because Donald Trump did not want to tick off a certain segment of his support. Excuse me, that is in fact, that is in fact racist and xenophobic and anti-Semitic. And yes, there are those supporters out there. Yes, there are those supporters out there. Yeah, Louis Farrakhan came out today and endorsed Donald Trump, essentially. Here's Louis Farrakhan, the leader of the Nation of Islam, radical anti-Semite, Jew-hater extraordinaire, says that they're the spawn of Satan. Here's Louis Farrakhan basically endorsing Trump specifically because Trump isn't for the Jews. Here we go. Donald Trump. I like Trump. He'll take America to hell in a rocket ship. Because he really, he really got the courage to do it. And, uh, and so that was Farrakhan. And the reason I like yeah. him, because he ain't bought and paid for. There it is. By whom? But that don't mean you should vote for him. He's bought and paid for by the Jews. That's, that's the Farrakhan line. And David Duke has said the same thing. David Duke of the KKK, formerly of the KKK. Here's David Duke talking about why Trump is spectacular. This is the guy that, that this is the guy who Trump disavowed and then undisavowed and then disavowed again. David Duke. And I think the appeal of, of Donald Trump is the fact that he's giving voice to a lot of people, including, uh, and I think, I think he represents the rights of all people in this country, but he actually includes... Uh, the values and the interest of the European American majority, and I think that's the underlying appeal behind his popularity. Right. So, uh, on that note, tell me. I know you haven't endorsed Trump, but you support him to a certain extent, uh, and you touched on why. Do you find him to be a divisive figure at all? Do you think he's polarizing with some of his comments? You know, minority groups and uh, Muslims, particularly. No, I think the divisive factor is the 
is the overwhelming <laughs> thrust of the American media, which basically is very divisive. I think it produces, I think a lot of the media today and a lot of the movies today, for instance, the, uh, the popular movie Django, and there's many other examples of this, where the black hero of the movie says, kill white people and get paid for it, what's not to like. Imagine if there was a movie on the other side of that equation. Um, I don't think it's divisive for the vast majority of the American people to want to preserve our Western Christian heritage in this country and that we have a right to continue that. There's a big discussion about what American values are mm -hmm. and the idea that immigration, uh, we're, a lot of Americans are concerned about massive immigration of non-European people, non-Christian people to uh, America. And uh, they say this is to want to preserve our American heritage or our values in this country, that that's against American values. And that's just totally untrue. Okay, so, so, so David Duke basically says that Trump is in essence revenge. He's in essence revenge. We've had, we've had all of these presidents like Barack Obama who have come along and they've elevated the interests of the black man above the interests of the white man. And we need somebody like, like Donald Trump who's going to elevate the interests of the European Americans above the interests of other groups of people. Again, it's just group identity in reverse and it's nasty. As far as the anti-Semitism, the reason that, that he won't disavow people like David Duke, the reason is because I can tell you, I have been in politics since I was 17 years old. So 15 years I've been in politics professionally. I've bashed an enormous number of candidates. I've bashed the living hell out of Barack Obama, out of Harry Reid, out of Nancy Pelosi. I've bashed the hell out of Ron Paul. I've bashed the hell out of Mitt Romney. I've bashed the hell out of John McCain. I've gone after an enormous number of politicians. I've gone after, I've gone after Arab terrorists. I've gone after Muslim Palestinians who hate Jews. I have never received the level of anti-Semitic tweets as I have in the last couple of months. And this is not about poor me, I'm a victim. This is just about exposing the fact that there are a significant number of Donald Trump supporters who are actual white supremacists, who are actual white supremacists. Here, for example, here's just some of, this is just from yesterday, okay? Here's some of the tweets that I received just yesterday um, about, uh, in response to uh, some, some columns that I'd written about Trump. So here, for example, is, uh, is a picture that looks like it's directly from a Nazi magazine uh, of, a, of a stereotypical Jew long nose beard, sweaty, ugly, and it says in capital letters, Oy vey, shut it down. This is in response to uh, a piece that I wrote about Trump back in 2011. Here's another one. And somebody writes, Ben Shapiro has gone full shekels again, criticizing Trump over Dr. David Duke. And it's another picture of a stereotypical-looking Jewish cartoon. It looks almost like a, like a Middle, Middle Ages cartoon, like a wood carving of a Jew. Uh, again, that, the, the terrible teeth and the long nose and the ugly hunchback and says, I'm your friend, trust me, next to that. And this is, and here's another one. The nose has been exposed, shill for the high score, ma Israel. Because all I care about is Israel, obviously, because if I care about the country not falling in the thrall to, to a con man who's not conservative in any respect, it must be because of, of the fact that I'm Jewish. And here's another one. What would you expect from a cuck Jew? And then there's a picture of a, a rooster, and it says cuck, 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 cuck. Okay, cuck is some sort of internet speak. It's, it's the alt-right speak. It's for, for people who are not sufficiently conservative or interested in America. Cuck is supposed to be cuckold. Right? You're, you're, they call you a cuckservative. You're a cuckold conservative. Like you're somebody who enjoys watching your wife stooped by black men or other men. So some, it's some white supremacist nonsense they've put out there that you're being cucked. You're, you're a cuck if you don't back Donald Trump. And there's more. How about this one? Here's a, it says, I think Ben Shapiro is just upset the ruse is up. And then there's a cartoon of what looks like an alien lizard holding in front of 
like a mason, uh, the mason sign, and the mason holding in front of the Jew, and against that stereotypical cartoon of the Jew, the dollar sign, and then that in front of what looks like kind of a stereotypical badger holding a hamburger. So the Jews are controlling the Americans again. And how about this one? Ann Coulter tweeted me with a column that I wrote in 2011. I told you about this yesterday, the column where I said that Donald Trump would make a really good candidate, uh, which he is. He's a very significant candidate, obviously. He's going to win. Um, but, you know, he, he's revealed himself to be an unprincipled, disgusting bag of human debris. Uh, and, and this person tweeted back, not just any magic and Talmudic magic, because the column I wrote in 2011 was called The Magic of Donald Trump. It says, not just any magic, Talmudic magic, and then there's some sort of creepy picture of a, of a knight with wings, and it looks like something quasi-biblical. And there's more. Uh, this is the final one. Here is the, the stereotypical Jewish picture, but somebody who, is, uh, who has significant followers on, on the right. Uh, he, uh, he's taken a picture of my face and pasted it over that ugly Jewish stereotype. So, when people say, why, why, oh why, why would Donald Trump not disown the KKK? Why wouldn't he disown on national television David Duke? Why wouldn't he do any of those things? Because there are a lot of supporters of his who are doing things like this, and he doesn't want to alienate them. The Daily Stormer is a neo-Nazi site. They have an entire vertical labeled The Jewish Problem and another labeled Race War. They've dedicated article after article to little old Christ-killing Kike Shapiro, complete with the Nazi-style Jewish star painted on my shoulder, 4chan and... and well, what's the uh, Shecky forums? They, they, all, all these kind of like underground all right forums. Uh, they've they've finally discovered that I was a Jew. They realized I was a Jew when I didn't back uh, their their great Fuhrer Donald Trump. It's not just me who's getting this, by the way. Jake Tapper at CNN gets this. My friend Bethany Mandel, who's Jewish in New York, she gets this. She actually bought a gun because she was afraid of of the number of people who are tweeting her and and tweeting apparently personal information about her. John Podhorst of Commentary Magazine says that he receives tweets consistently from literally neo-Nazi white supremacists to all anonymous. Noah Rothman of Commentary, he says it never ends. Blocking doesn't help either. They have lists on which I seem to find myself. Now, again, this doesn't mean that nearly the vast majority of Donald Trump supporters are these people. This is a, a subset. This is a small subset. Because I've met a lot of Donald Trump supporters, and they aren't these folks. But there is this subset. And Donald Trump, I, I'm not going to slander Donald Trump or smear him with his supporters, because we all have supporters that we don't particularly like. People who, if you're a public figure, somebody like me, you get emails, commenters who you don't agree with, who don't, you don't like, who may like your stuff for whatever odd reason. But, but, you can quash this if you really want to, if it's a big enough phenomenon. All Donald Trump has to say is all these people are disgusting. I'm not going to stand for any anti-Semitism in my campaign. I'm not going to stand in favor of David Duke or the KKK. Anybody who is of those, those groups is a disgusting human being. If they want to vote for me, that's their problem. I can't do anything about that, but they are refused. He doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. He talks it off. He, he kind of blows it off. You know, again, Trump doesn't have to, Trump doesn't have to, to take responsibility for these people. He's not responsible for them. But... I have a feeling that one of the reasons that Donald Trump in recent weeks has shifted from a thoroughly pro-Israel position to a, well, I'll have to see where I take moral sides position is because he doesn't want to look like a cuck for Israel. This is why he doesn't want to condemn David Duke and the KKK on the national stage, at least until he's forced to, because he doesn't want to look like a cuck for the, for the blacks or for the Jews. This is, this is gross stuff, folks. It's really gross stuff. And it's political manipulation at its finest because there's no other – I can't think of another decent explanation for why Donald Trump did that. And I'm not stupid. I'm not going to buy into your earpiece didn't work. I'm sorry. I just don't buy it. It's a bunch of crap, and I'm not going to buy into 
that bunch of crap. It does. It's not real. It's not real. And this is why I believe that Donald Trump must, must, must be defeated. And I'll talk about the delegate math of today in just a second. I'm going to give you five quick reasons why Donald Trump needs to be defeated, really needs to be defeated. I'm fully on the anti-Trump train now. Five months ago, I wasn't because he hadn't revealed himself to this extent. Five months ago, Donald Trump was just a guy slapping the establishment. He was ignorant on policy. He wasn't particularly conservative, but he seemed to be moving in that direction. Okay, now Donald Trump has revealed himself for who he is. He is an egoistic political manipulator, a self-centered egoistic political manipulator who is willing to greenlight the worst sorts of behavior in his supporters so long as they stick behind him. So here are five reasons why Donald Trump must be stopped for the good of the conservative movement and for the good of the country. And this is not saying you vote for Hillary. This is saying right now we're in primaries. Do not vote for Donald Trump. If you're thinking of voting for a fringe candidate like John Kasich or Ben Carson, please, for the love of God, stop it. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of votes. In 2012, I argued that Mitt Romney would damage conservatism. Here's what I wrote about Mitt Romney in 2012. Defeating horrible politicians like Barack Obama is the top goal, but that does not justify redefining conservatism entirely. When we deliberately broaden conservatism to encompass government-forced purchase of health insurance or raising taxes or appointing liberal judges or enforcing same-sex marriage or using taxpayer money to bail out businesses or push trade barriers, we destroy conservatism from within. This is what I said about Romney in 2012. I use the exact same standard for Donald Trump. He is not conservative on any issue, any issue. He's going to grow government. He's not going to shrink it. He believes in the unchecked power of the executive branch. And his base holds liberal positions on economic issues, according to a study from Rand Corporation today. If Trump wins the nomination, all of his followers will seek to broaden the definition of conservatism to include things that are simply not conservative. Second reason you shouldn't back Donald Trump. He is going to destroy the perception of what conservatism is. I've spent literally my entire career, and I know people have spent way longer than I have, fighting the left's lie that conservatives and Republicans are racist, sexist, bigot, homophobe, anti-Semites. I've spent my entire career fighting this because it's not true. Conservatism is not a philosophy of bigotry. Donald Trump destroys this entire argument. Nominating Donald Trump just gives the ball to the left. It just does. He says he's fighting political correctness, but it's not fighting political correctness to go light on David Duke and the KKK. It is not being politically incorrect to hug it out with Vladimir Putin or mock the disabled or rip on women and say they should be treated like bleep or say that Megyn Kelly is bleeding out of her wherever or laugh at prisoners of war or entertain 9-11 conspiracy theories or say that judges are inadequate because of their ethnicity. He said this the other day about the Trump U case. He said he can't trust the judge because the judge is Hispanic. How is any of this? How is any of this good for the conservative movement? It isn't. All it does is it allows everybody to paint all of us, all conservatives, with the brush of Donald Trump. And today, Nancy Pelosi said, Trump just being more candid about agenda of discrimination Republicans have been advancing for years. This is going to be the typical line. And for those of us who understand that Donald Trump is problematic, that's a hard line to argue against when you're trying to defeat him. Because he, he does bring forth these, these elements. There's no question. Third reason, he's fracturing the Republican Party beyond repair. Beyond repair. We were all ticked off. Conservatives were ticked off at McCain and at Romney and after and the failure to stop Obamacare and the failure to walk back Obama's executive amnesty. We were all ticked off. We were all upset about that. We were all angry about that. And we had a right to be upset and angry about all of that. We did. And on the other side, there are a bunch of disenchanted blue-collar Americans sick of hearing from Obama and from the media that the stock market is going up. Therefore, you must be doing just fine. Tired of the politically correct anti-Americanism of the Obama administration. 
And that, that second group is the Trump people, that second group, the disenchanted blue-collar folks who feel alienated because of all of the politically correct race-baiting from the left. All of, that, all of those people are, are, are Trump people. But the GOP used to be able to hold its coalition together on the basis of certain baseline principles, small government, hawkish foreign policy, a, a social conservatism and family life. Trump opposes all this stuff. He opposes all this stuff. So what's happening is that the, the, the conservative movement, the Republican Party is splintering. It used to be able to hold together kind of populists and conservatives, and now it's splintering because Trump is going full-scale populist, and conservatives are saying, no, the, the party's going to rip apart, and I don't know that anybody can put this back together again. Fourth reason, Trump is ushering in an, an era of European-style politics. Okay, so Barack Obama is a European leftist. The left in America is European. Bernie Sanders is just a European leftist. He's a normal European Labor Party leftist. That's who Bernie Sanders is. But the right in America was always different. This is why America was different, because the right in America was always about the Constitution and limited government and negative rights. That means rights against the government, rights to freedom and prosperity, rights to free speech, the right to, do, to be left alone, essentially. That's what we were about. Trump is not for any of this stuff. Trump looks a lot more like a European right leader, like a nationalist right leader who believes in big government. Yeah, government can do the right things. We just have to shut the borders. He sounds like Marine Le Pen in France. He sounds like Silvio Berlusconi did in Italy. He sounds like all of the European right leaders, the kind of far right nationalist European leaders. That's not the American right. That's not the American right. It's a different brand of being right and has nothing to do with the Constitution or John Locke. It has nothing to do with, with Montesquieu or de Tocqueville. It has everything to do with an attempt to preserve borders, even as you create this massive welfare state with which normal conservative Americans disagree. Finally, fifth reason Trump has to be stopped is because I don't think Trump wins. I just got to tell you, I don't think Trump wins. He could. He could shock me. He could, you know, he could break out of the box. He could, he could be the, the crazy candidate Hillary can't deal with. He could also lose 50 states. You could see a situation in which Trump loses everything. Easily. That's not hard to imagine at all. He loses all 50 states. So we break apart the Republican Party, redefine conservatism, hand the club of conservatism as racist and sexist and homophobic and anti-Semitic to our enemies, and we do all of that to lose to Hillary Clinton. That could be the worst possible scenario, and Trump would bring all of that on. So this stuff, you know, please recognize Donald Trump is entertaining, and he hits a lot of the right people, but he hits a lot of the wrong people too. And now he's become a threat to conservatism itself because of all these idolatrous people who follow him. Not 49% who follow him. 10% of the people who follow him. 10% are just idolaters from beginning to end, and they're willing to follow Trump to the ends of the earth. We don't need idolaters in conservatism. Idolatry is not a conservative value. It is pagan. Idolatry is of the left. It should not be of the right. Meanwhile, the other candidates are just kind of futzing around. Ben Carson, I don't know anybody who's blown more goodwill than Dr. Ben Carson in this race. Dr. Ben Carson is somebody who I've defended repeatedly. I can't defend him. I, I haven't defended him for a month, ever since it became clear he was irrelevant, and yet he sticks around to raise money. Here's Dr. Carson saying he's not going to leave this race pretty much under any circumstances. Make the case for yourself, Dr. Carson, that you'll have a good night tonight. Well, uh, there's always the possibility that people will awaken and recognize that just what they were asking for is what I have presented for them. You know, someone who's honest, you know, they can't find any scandals. All the lies that have been told have been debunked. Uh, you're looking for somebody of accomplishment. You know, you look at my life, you know, it, I don't think anybody could, could, could ask for more accomplishment. Uh, they're asking for somebody who understands them. You know, I've had so many different kinds of jobs, it's unimaginable. 
and somebody who's gone from the bottom 1% to the top 1% understands all the social economic levels of our society. And, uh, you know, somebody who's an outsider, somebody who's a, a member of we the people, and somebody who's honest. So if, if you look at all the things that people are asking for, they sit right here, but a lot of times it's sitting under your nose and you don't recognize it. Mm -hmm. And maybe they will begin to recognize it. But the, the one thing I do know is I have millions of social media fans, and they're, they're begging me not to get out. They're continuing to support us uh, tremendously economically. So there is really no reason uh, to disregard what they have to say. Okay, so, so he's just going to stick around. He says, as long as people send me money, I'm going to stay in the race. This is Carson's actual line. As long as, as, long as people send him money. The ego is, is enormous. Ted Cruz, meanwhile, is smacking Donald Trump. And, and here, is, here is Cruz rightly smacking Donald Trump over, over his KKK refusal to disavow on Sunday and then his reversal on Monday, which was a reversal from his reversal on Friday. Here's Cruz. I thought it was very sad uh, when Donald was asked about the KKK and asked about David Duke, the former Grand Wizard of the KKK, endorsing him, that, that, that Donald was not willing to denounce the Klan. I, I mean, this ought to be something... Uh, that should be easy, that should bring all of us together. The Klan is repugnant. Racism and bigotry has no place in, in our society. And I thought it was, it was disappointing that, that, that Donald was unwilling to say that when he was asked about it. Now, Joe Scarborough also used that term, disqualifying on Morning Joe this morning. That is, it's a very loaded term. It, it means you can't be the nominee. Do you agree with that? Well, listen, I, I think that, that it is revealing of a willingness to traffic in, in some very ugly sentiments. You know, we've, there's also been robocalls uh, that, that, that have been playing in early primary states of white nationalists urging people to vote for Trump and saying, don't vote for anyone who's Cuban, uh, and, you know, ma making it very, expli a very explicit appeals uh, to, to, to racial and, 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 and ethnic prejudice. And, and, you know, Donald has not denounced those also, that those have no place in politics. And, you know, we've had seven years of President Obama dividing us on racial and ethnic lines. The last thing we need is a president who, who, who tries to inflame those. And, and, and this ought to be something that brings everyone together, uh, that, that, that bigotry is not, not welcome in our public life. Okay, so there, there's, there's, for whatever good it does, there's, there's Cruz saying exactly the right thing about Donald Trump. And here's Marco Rubio doing the same thing, going after Trump, saying a vote for Trump is a vote for Hillary. Someone the other day said, you know, some of these people that are voting for Trump, they're so angry at government, they're so angry at our party. Believe me, I am too. Both Nikki and I were elected in 2010 when I ran against the establishment of my party. But they said to me, this is like someone who marries someone their parents hate just to get back at their parents. And I said, yeah, but the difference is, if you get married to this guy, you can't get divorced for four years. Oh, this you got to live with him for four years. And the, all of this is true, Rubio. I don't know if America has four more years. Oh, this is, this is, Not at the direction we're headed right. now. We can stop Rubio here. That's, that's, that's exactly right. I will say, somebody tweeted this out. I think this is exactly right. And I'm trying to remember exactly who it was who tweeted this, but you can find it in my Twitter stream because I retweeted it. Trying to convince Trump supporters not to vote for Trump, at least many of them, is like trying to convince a good friend of yours not to, not to marry a stripper. That's basically what it's like. You can try, you can tell them it's a bad idea as much as you want, but you just have to. I'm, I'm so in love, I'm just so in love. Understand that with Trump comes a fair bit of philosophical venereal disease. 
Okay, Trump is, is going to bring ideological syphilis to conservatism, and he's going to poison the Republican Party for years to come and conservatism for years to come. Okay, on that depressing note, time for some things that I like and then a couple of things that I hate. So things that I like, um, this is actually the, the, my, my wife and I, this is our song. Uh, this is John Denver's um, Annie song, which is a great song. She's, she's still frustrated with herself because when we were choosing our wedding song, she didn't really know this song, and she didn't know how much she liked this song. And instead, we went with like Unchained Melody or something like that. Uh, and uh, and but but this this is the song that that whenever whenever we're you know sitting with the baby and and it's just a nice moment. Uh, this this song kind of comes to mind. John Denver's Annie song, great song. You fill up my senses Like night in a forest Like the mountains in springtime Like a walk in the rain Like a storm in the desert Like a sleepy blue ocean you fill up my senses, come fill me again. All right, so it's, it's great stuff. It really is. John Denver is, is a, a really good lyricist. A, a lot of his stuff is really good. Rocky Mountain High is a terrific song. Uh, West Virginia is a great song. He's, he, he, John Denver is really good. Okay, book recommendation. A lot of people have read Orwell's 1984. He actually wrote a book that's better. It's called Farewell to Catalonia. It's a nonfiction book, and it's a memoir. George Orwell actually went to Spain during the Spanish uh, Civil War between the communists and the fascists, and he fought alongside the communists. And the book is about how he comes to the realization that basically the communists are the fascists, that, that the communists are fascists and the fascists are fascists too, so it's fascists fighting fascists. Uh, and it's, it's, a really, it's a short book. It's about 200 pages, uh, and it's really powerful, and it's really good. I think it's better than 1984, which uh, 1984 is a great book. It's a little bit over long. Farewell to Catalonia is a really, really good book, so you should, you should pick that one up. It sort of feels like we're living through the 30s right now, I and mean, between the, the people who are for authoritarian government, the big, strong man in government, and then on the other side, the people who are for a big, strong government that redistributes crap. That's, that's sort of how it feels. And this is why we need a movement that actually stands for freedom. Okay, quick thing I hate. So Hollywood made a big deal the other night about protesting sexual abuse. You had Lady Gaga, who... Jeremy Boring gets this exactly right. He says Jeremy says that Lady Gaga doing her anti-sexual assault routine was she looked exactly like Meatloaf. It was and if you, if you go and you view the videos back to back, maybe we'll pull it for tomorrow. Lady Gaga and Meatloaf identical, They're the same thing. But they made a huge deal out of we're standing up for victims of sexual assault. Well, yeah, Hollywood doesn't do that so much. Mark Ruffalo, for example, he went over to outside a Catholic church in L.A to protest sexual abuse, holding up pictures of sexual abuse victims. And he says, standing with the survivors of priest sexual abuse. Let's flash back like 13 years ago, 13 years ago. So we're going back to 2003 now. There's a movie called The Piano, and it was directed by Roman Polanski. Roman Polanski is an expatriate. He lives abroad now because he's under indictment in the United States. He was convicted in absentia of raping a 14-year-old girl and anally raping a 14-year-old girl. He got her drunk, and he raped her. Here is what happened in 2003 in the best director race. These are the same people who are saying sexual abuse must be taken very, very seriously. Look at the audience. And Well, actually, do we have tape of it? No, we don't have tape of it. If you go back and you watch the tape of it, if you go back and you watch the tape, 
of Roman Polanski winning the Oscar in 2003, you'll see Harrison Ford announce that Roman Polanski has won the Oscar, and you will see that they give Roman Polanski a standing ovation. A convicted rapist, a convicted child rapist, a standing ovation. The hypocrisy of Hollywood knows no bounds, uh, and this is just another sign that it's all about virtue signaling for the left. They don't care about stopping actual rape. They don't care about convicting rapists or keeping them in prison. They don't care about any of those things. The only thing that they truly, truly care about is feeling good about themselves, even as they promote policies that actually end in more rape and more sexual violence against women, including, by the way, the undermining of the notion that men ought to defend women. Because if you tell men they ought not defend women, it turns out that men won't defend women. And then the only aggressive men in the game are the ones who actually want to harm women. There's a reason why you know, third world countries have high rates of rape, and that's because there aren't enough people defending women against the rapes. In the United States, thank God, we've had a history of men defending against rape, but that's going away relatively quickly as we decide that masculinity is a secondary priority. Okay, so all of that is unbelievably depressing. And so now you need to go listen to Andrew Clavin's show. I'm sure he'll give you a little bit of a pick-me-up. Uh, and we'll be back here tomorrow, and we will, don't worry, we'll still be here. The, the world will have survived. I expect Donald Trump, my final prognosis, I expect that Donald Trump will win every state, every state outside of Texas, which is wildly depressing. There is a glimmer of hope. If Marco, believe it or not, if Marco Rubio loses Florida, the glimmer of hope is that Rubio sees the writing on the wall, gets out, and it turns into a Cruz versus Trump race. Hopefully it's not too little too late by that point in the race. But Trump delenda est. Trump must be stopped. So now's the time to stand up and now's the time to do it and bring on the hate mail, gang, and the hate tweets. I'm, I've been doing it for weeks, and I can handle a few more. <laughs> I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.